In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. to the True Life Podcast. I hope your day is filled with joy. I hope you get a phone call out of the blue telling you how you've just won a million dollars. I hope you get good news that is unexpected, that puts a smile on your face and makes the world a better place. What is it we're going to talk about today? It's a great question, my friend. What it is is this idea of retooling the military-industrial complex. I know what you're thinking, George. That's out of control. It'll never happen, but it may. And let me tell you the idea that I have to do so. Let's think for a minute about the millions, or dare I say billions of dollars, that goes into, into, the billions of dollars that goes into this giant behemoth we call the military-industrial complex. Eisenhower warned us of it. The generals seem to be constantly fighting, and there's plenty of reasons that we can't debate or talk about. But the truth is, we are a warlike people. How do we change that? How do we become more efficient and effective with the amount of money that we are spending? Well, here's an idea. Here's an idea that I think is plausible. Let me know what it is that you think. The world we live in today is desperately trying to figure out a more effective and efficient way to utilize energy. Be it coal or gas or natural gas or diesel, solar, wind, wave, geothermal. This tends to be, you could argue that this is the very reason we are at war right now, whether it is the petrodollar, whether it is the 
amount of fossil fuels under the ground, the limited resource theory, the strategic implementation of scarcity, probably all of these things connected. The idea for me is why don't we allow, why don't we work with the military industrial complex as a nation? Why don't we use the big brain power of the engineers and the weapons manufacturers to build energy around the world? You know, why is it that we have to build weapons? Why don't we build energy? Let's think, I live in the great state of Hawaii, and I was recently talking to a candidate for governor. And as we were speaking about the, not only boundaries, but the responsibilities of government for the people, we came across the idea of what does the future of energy look like? For a lot of people, it looks like a hope is that we can turn to green energy. An idea is that we can have solar energy. But the truth is we are sliding down the slippery slope of fossil fuels forever energy. But it need not be that way. Why don't we have fusion? Why don't we have safe thorium reactors? These are all possibilities that could allow a population to have abundance, an abundance of energy. It would do away with corruption. It would do away with the backroom deals of corrupt individuals shaking hands. It would do away with crime in some aspects. It would do away with this duopoly of fossil fuels versus green energy. And on some level, I think that those are perpetrated so that money can be grafted off the top. But let's explore this idea a little bit further. Let's say that the government, voted on by the people, pairs with, say, Raytheon or Boeing or one of these industrial, military industrial complex companies. There's no reason why we... If they're getting government contracts to build bombs or bullets or planes, why can't they get a government contract to build safe nuclear power? We're already giving them the money, right? And, and let's be clear. It's our money that the defense contractors are using to, quote-unquote, keep us safe. But that particular argument should work in multiple ways. Isn't free – I don't know if it's going to be free – but wouldn't abundant energy that is cost-effective be better, not only for the country and the individuals in that country, but for the relationship between the people and the government and the military-industrial complex? I think that this is something that could be lateraled over, moved towards, and it's something that's beneficial. Right now, people hear the word military-industrial complex and they think of war and death and mayhem. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that think of great technology when you say those words. And there's plenty of schools of philosophy that say without war, there can be no ingenuity. Without any invention and ingenuity, there can be no culture. And I understand that particular aspect, but I think it's juvenile. I think it is short-sighted and narrow. 
I think that the idea that we can roll over our ingenuity into energy instead of into energy that destroys everybody, why not roll it over into energy that helps everybody? I think that the relationship between the people, the government, and the military-industrial complex could be something that everyone benefits from instead of a handful of people benefitingly handsome. Does that make sense? There's no reason why these companies who are definitely leading the way in technology could not provide energy for us. And it would change the way we see ourselves, our nation, and our business. It would allow us to move forward in a world of unlimited possibilities just by retooling, right? just by changing the a few small key variables. We already have the infrastructure. We already have the technological know-how in place. We have the corporations. We have the ability to do so. If we can just shift focus a little bit, instead of building these incredible machines to destroy, let's build incredible machines to employ, to build, to create. A small shift in focus can have a radical change on outcome. Imagine if there was an X prize for fusion. Imagine if there was an X prize. Imagine if we got the largest military contractors to compete to build a better source of energy. Why not? What is wrong with creating instead of destroying? In many parts of the world, it is the same God who is responsible for building as it is destroying. I think it was, I think it was Oppenheimer who quoted the Bhagavad Gita, Now I have become death. Well, Mr. Oppenheimer, now you have become life. I believe it is the same God. I believe it is Shiva the destroyer of worlds and the bringer of life. Why not become the scientist who says, now I have become life? If we can have the splitting of the atom that destroys, why can we not have the splitting of the atom that creates? It's a mirror image. Think about the story you tell yourself. Think about the story we tell in history of people creating these giant bombs that are somehow not talked about until it's too late. We constantly focus on developing powers that destroy. Those same powers, that same fortitude, that same sacrifice could be used to unite. That same power could be decided upon by governments around the world or even just in one nation or even one state? What if Raytheon just decided, you know what, we're going to build a love bomb. We're going to build this big bomb that doesn't rain down hellfire on people. We're going to build this giant bomb that provides an abundance of energy to everyone. We're going to see what happens. We're going to change the way in which we are are viewed through the lens 
of society. We're going to change the way the world sees military-industrial complex as a word, as a company, and as an entity. It could be done. I think it could be done with a simple shifting of gears, just by changing the lens in which we see them through. And I think it would be beneficial. I think it could be done soon. I think it could be done today. I think it could be done with a handful of meetings. What shareholders would not want to see a new business model from an old business? Is that not the nature of profitability? Is not the nature of change the same as the nature of profitability? When you're green, you grow. When you're ripe, you rot. This idea of continuing to build bigger, more powerful, and destructive weapons with the same, uh, with the same kind of military machine is... You know, it's like putting new wine in old bottles. What if the new technology, the new wine, is put into a new bottle, a new form of energy? Must we fight over what kind of energy we're going to have? Why is it a fight between green and fossil? Why is it not a fight between abundance and not abundance? Like That seems to me to be what we should be arguing about. We have this false choice of, hey, you can have anything you want for dinner. You can have orange carrots or purple carrots. Hey, you can have any kind of energy you want. You want green or fossil? Well, I don't want either of those because the same person is in charge of both of them. Right? I don't want carrots for dinner. I don't care if they're orange or if they're purple. I don't want the same... Shell, General Electric, Green, or Fossil. I don't want any of those dummies running it. And if they are going to run it, I'd rather have someone like Raytheon or Boeing or one of these colossal semi-governmental agencies do it. I think that there's better technology in these companies. I think the people that work there, want to make the world better, but they've been misguided. And I think this is a path forward. What do you guys think? Is it possible? Can we retool the military-industrial complex to create energy instead of bombs? You guys let me know. That's what I got for today. Let's get up and get at them.
Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.